Hello and welcome back to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast with Brant Pasalakwa, founder of the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation School. In this podcast, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's dive into the show. Today, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, some ideas around sequencing and pain. So when we're working with physical pain, we're... What we're confronted with, really, right, is trying to figure out in ways in which to move our clients safely. And that is always at the top of our mind, because obviously we don't want to create any more problems than they already have. If you really stick with that and don't kind of get too caught up in um, needing to fix that person right then, right now, and simply stay with the method you will help them and it is very unlikely you'll hurt them. And the way the thing that really comes into play here is that when you're working with uh, uh, pain and you have a client in pain, then what you have is somebody whose vata is probably out of control, right? So you have a lot of moving energy because pain moves vata, um, which really means that it's super imperative that you stay calm and you stay centered and you find your own breath in session. And a reminder to us all, right, that it's better for your vata to influence them than vice versa. That's why they're there. So your job, right, is to stay in your practice while you're working. Now, acute pain is really hard to work with. You know, acute, acute means that it's recent and it's strong. Maybe there's swelling or bruising, right? Maybe your client, like, it's like, ow, I have my back out, you know, I was walking down the stairs and something happened. This is not, these kinds of pains is not the kind of pain uh, we should be working with. And the reason for this is that acute reactions are a sign that something's wrong, but it's also a sign that the body's trying to fix it. You know, maybe it's uh, swelled up, right, to limit something from spreading. Um, and this might be appropriate time for your client to do nothing. So we may harm our clients by working with this. But that kind of acute thing is not the same, right, as sharp pain that's older or recurrent swelling, right, that's older, maybe months or years, right? So if it's been going on a while, it is not acute. It might be an acute phase of something chronic, and that's okay usually for you to work with. Now, of course, you know, as a general caveat, this is all based on some sort of medical professional giving them the okay. So you are not that medical professional. So either your client is choosing to not have that okay, um, or they've gotten that okay, but do not act in that role because that is not uh, your job. So let's look at uh, muscle pain. Uh, there's a muscle tearing image here. But the thing to know is that muscles tear all the time. And, and when we challenge them, like you know, lifting weights, say, we are sore the next day uh, because we have some small tearing in that muscle. And that's normal. And this is how muscles grow. So you can think of that kind of soreness and maybe discomfort. Someone might describe that as pain as like, you know, the body saying, I'm not quite ready to lift weights again. I'm healing and growing. So kind of leave me alone for a minute. This is normal. 
But when a muscle tears more than this, uh, we start to have a problem. It causes pain and uh, also a rapid repair that sometimes leaves scar tissue. And that tissue is laid down quickly to knit the muscle back together. It's not uh, a perfect technique, so it can create a lot of uh, dysfunction and pain. Uh, this is why someone might, when they tear a muscle, or they might say like they pulled their muscle, which is the same thing, they might show up in your office six months later or six years later right, with some sort of problem there. And it's because that scar tissue needs to be realigned so the muscle can function better. Um, and often, one of the things that will realign this is strengthening and stretching the muscle, moving it basically um, with little uh, intention. So that's one possibility. Uh, another possibility is that a muscle is really tired, unable to do its job and in spasm. So spasm is, is muscle contracting involuntarily to get a job done that it can't do. Right, so maybe it's too weak to do the job being asked of it, or maybe the muscle needs to be strengthened, or maybe some um, other muscles are not doing their job, so they're trying to pick up the slack. And the body is really amazing this way. All the components, everybody, right, is willing to take one for the team, right, and go into spasm in order to get something done. So we don't really function like a machine, like a car or something, where you know if a cylinder goes, it's not like the other cylinders in the engine work harder. It's just you know, the car stops working. Uh, we, however, will keep going no matter what if we can. So there's a few things when muscles in spasm, we need to release the spasming muscle. And, and when we do that, and when we strengthen the muscles that should be helping it also, that muscle or maybe there's other muscles that weren't picking up the slack, pain gets reduced. So we can see how our process, right, of warming up the joint, right, little range of motion, little breathing and moving to get those muscles to begin to function, right, and then strengthening, right, and then finally stretching. So the strengthening maybe brings a lot of blood there, gets everything working properly, and then the stretching realigns scar tissue, for instance, right? All this is a benefit. And we do this nice and simply and progressively when we're thinking about our sequencing. So the other type of pain, you know, we're working with here, we might be working with a bunch of, is nerve pain, um, or we'll encounter, I should say. And nerve pain's a little different. It's often characterized by burning or shooting or sometimes tingling. So it's different than that, that muscular, direct kind of pain. It often travels, and we often feel the nerve pain somewhere other than the origin. And that's because the nerve, right, gets impinged, uh, crushed or squished, right, impinged means something's squishing it, either by muscles on the nerve or bones on the nerve, like in between your vertebrae or both. Often like a shooting back pain, for example, right, is nerves being impinged between the vertebrae. And another example would be sciatica, which is pain running down uh, sometimes the glutes and then the outside of the leg. That's the sciatic nerve, that's why it's called sciatica right, being impinged either in the lower back where it originates or underneath the piriformis muscle, which is under your glutes, that it has to get by. And often people won't feel it in their places. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they'll feel it more lo lower in the leg. Sometimes they'll feel it from there all the way down their leg. So it's like a nerve conducts, right, like electricity in that way. 
So you can feel it in any place. Nerve pain is always contraindicated. So you never want to put your client into more nerve pain. Now, you know, look, in general, we're trying not to put our clients in pain. But when somebody feels the result of their nerve being impinged, right, that is bad for them. Because that means the nerve is getting more irritated, more impinged, and we're going in the wrong direction. So even if it seems like the right movement in terms of strengthening and stretching, it is always wrong if they feel the shooting, burning, tingling sensation from nerve pain. Always. So when we teach our clients, we're teaching our clients like to completely avoid this, this sensation and pain. And again, right, we do it by mobilizing, then strengthening, then stretching, right? Mobilizing, breathing and moving, strengthening and stretching, right? Uh, and we work with the muscles in that way um, so that we can hopefully either influence the muscles, right, influence on the bones to sort of reset them up that way or uh, change the shape of their fascia, right, that's causing, right, the muscles to squish down on the nerves. You know, we don't work directly, you know, realigning bones. What we do is realign the muscular system, which then influences fascia and also influences um, bone alignment, which is more productive in a lot of ways because it stays, you know, as opposed to going, uh, you know, if you adjust the, the bones, right, and get someone out of nerve pain, that's a good idea, right? It's great. Someone goes to the chiropractor, they have no more nerve pain, but then it comes back. And you get clients like that because you're a yoga therapist. They've been to the chiropractor and they've done that over and over again. So you're going to teach them right how to move through pain three range of motion and then strengthen and stretch in order to uh, avoid that. Um, so you can absolutely work with nerve pain. The, the purpose of telling you all this is you can work with nerve pain if you help your client identify problem areas and then work with them. Problem areas being tight and weak areas, right? In a pain-free zone. In the medical model, like this kind of attention isn't really possible because they don't have the time. You know, they're not going to spend an hour and a half with somebody or an hour and 15 minutes with somebody working on moving their shoulder. PTs don't have the time. Doctors don't have the time. This is not how it works. Um, you may be the only person who will be able to help your client this way. Um, so this is all, you know, what I would in, in our yoga therapy land, um, put under the bigger guise of rehabilitation. Um, <clears throat> so it doesn't matter if you have, if your client has like chronic shoulder pain or they're in post-surgery recovery or there's some sort of nerve impingement, right? In all cases, uh, you make sure they're cleared by their doctor and then you work in the progressive fashion. Reduce pain, right? Work towards pain-free rear motion with breathing and moving. Strengthen weak structures stretch type structures. And then the other thing to think about, right, is to, um, in terms of a, a longer term thing, so you've done that, and then you might be thinking about uh, opposing daily activities to keep them in better alignment. That thought, right, opposing is, is here to guide us. So alignment will come, right, from the first two things, the breathing and moving, the strengthening and stretching. But the really amazing thing about a, a regular asana practice in general, right, is that it kind of puts us back together and realigns us regularly. I know a lot of styles, right, and a lot of yoga thinking, and I, I've gotten questions about this a lot, 
being like, well, what about using, you know, realigning somebody, realigning something with a bunch of props, for instance, Re realigning someone in that way, won't that work? And what I believe is that if we focus too much on, on alignment, right, in that way, you won't make much progress, right? So take like, you know, rounded head and forward shoulders, for example. Opposing this, right, opposing this regularly with strengthening and stretching, especially strengthening, right, will help the problem more than making your client aware simply of their structural problems. So the relief of the strength and stretch work, right, of opening the chest and stretching the pecs and strengthening the traps and the rhomboids is the motivator. So the way I would like you to think is forget taking your client off the computer, right? Forget about trying to redo things in that way. Show them how to counter the problems caused by it with our system. If you think about it, you know, it's kind of the only way to go because ha have you figured out how to work on a laptop, right? With, with good head and shoulder alignment? Probably not. Like the, the thing itself is counter to that. Driving's the same way. You could drive it with a little bit better alignment, but really driving is not the most aligned thing. So what we're really teaching people is how to counter it and then reshape their system. So that's what you're going to think about, right, in your sequencing, as opposed to just sort of putting them back in alignment, you know, and getting them to sort of, you know, what in a yoga class you might do with Tadasana, right? Like, it's a great thing to do in a yoga class, but I'm just saying, feel your feet on the ground and hear where our bones are aligned and here's this aligned and that aligned. Better is to focus on the muscle actions, right? Be very clear on the movement, the muscle actions, the strength and stretch, and the rest is more likely to move itself out. The remedy is the same, even though the cause of the pain might be different. So whether it's nerve pain or muscle pain, if you keep your movements really small to begin with and be open to any speed of progress, so stay in communication with your client, um, you'll be fine. To be good at this, right, you have to be creative. So you'll need to bounce to different versions of the same movement right, to find what works. So you like, you know, cat-cow doesn't work, you try apanasana, right, to move the spine, arch and curl, right? Salabhasana doesn't work, to extend the leg, maybe you try it in tabletop, and then that doesn't work, you try focusing on the back in warrior one, on the back leg, sorry, in warrior one. That's your job, to be creative and find movements that fit into our system, which starts with pain-free range of motion, right, and then works into strength and stretch. That's your job. It's not, you can't go cookie cutter. I've said this before, but you're not going to be able to go cookie cutter on this process. You're going to have to be creative. But the good news is, is that you can work with all sorts of people with the same system. That over and over again, it comes back to some very, very basic concepts. Um, and I say this to you with humbly and with a lot of experience under my belt. So I say this with you, not as somebody who has fixed every client that's walked in the door. But after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of clients, you know, you start to really see, you know, and this is backed up by medical literature, right, that the remedies are over and over and over again, very similar. There's just a little creativity about how to get the person in there. So do not be afraid to work with people, just work extremely slowly and mindfully. 
This podcast episode is a clip taken from a module inside our Yoga Therapy Foundations program. To dive even deeper into the subject and many more alongside expert mentorship with Brandt so that you can start helping people heal from specific health conditions through the power of yoga, consider enrolling for our next course intake. Our next class starts on April 25th, 2023. For more information and to begin the enrollment process, head to the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Please subscribe, rate and review our show and help us share yoga therapy with more people around the world. If you think this episode will help someone you know, feel free to share it with them. If you love yoga therapy and meditation, you can follow us over on Instagram at breathingdeeplyyoga, where we share anything and everything to help you advance your understanding of yoga therapy and meditation. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com. See you in the next episode.